G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm Aussie Pastor. Welcome to our Drive Time program today. Hunty. G'day, mate. Producer, director, audio sound engineer, <coughs> technician and everything else. Welcome. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good rip up. Yeah. Love it, thanks. I always like, like to have you on board. How are you doing? G'day listeners, glad you've joined us. How are you doing? Mate, I'm still recovering. I've got, I've got a bit of that no get up and go sort of. Yep. Post-COVID sloth. Yeah, I think we're both like that. You know what? I, I'm still having these big, long sleeps, mate. Really? And I'm still coughing. So if I cough today, listeners, I'm sorry. Hunty's not coughing much. Well, I've got I've got some Noel decongestant here that I'm I'm swigging like Coca Cola. Mate, you've been drinking so much of that. If you get if you get pulled over by the police on the way home for a drink drive, you might be in trouble. Actually, funny story. You should say that. Yesterday, I went to my mother-in-law. With my wife, and I deliberately didn't have any before I left home because I thought it would do that. So we, we left home. One minute later, we were pulled over by the cops for a breathalyzer. So I blew into it, counted to 10, perfect, no worries. So I said to the cop, I said, hey, mate, would you mind breathalyzing my wife? She's just had a swig of this Nile B congestant. He yep. said, oh, yeah, I'll do that for you. Yep. So Jackie counted to 10, and lo and behold, she didn't trip it out. No, I never thought it would. It has I'm been. No, it actually has before. I've actually, I actually in the 80s, Got breathalyzed after having some cough medicine. Oh, I think you might want to check that cough medicine. And the cop friend. looked at me and he said, "Mate," and I said, "I don't drink. I've never had a drop." And he said, "Mate, they all say that." He oh. said, "Sit here, and wait fifteen minutes, and we'll test you again." I think you might want to check that <laughs> cough medicine, mate, from the from the days of the art. Hey, we're, we're glad you're here today. We are glad. It is June the fourteenth, Tuesday afternoon. Yep, three thirty-five. A beautiful, beautiful day here in Sydney. Not a cloud in the sky, but it's still cold. That's right. Some things that happened on June fourteen in history. Here's one, Hunty. Oh yeah. In seventeen seventy-seven. Yep. The stars and stripes became the American flag. Ah. You know what the old stars and stripes is? Do they call it old glory that flag? I think they might. Yeah, I'm, don't don't quote me on that. But that happened in seventeen seventy-seven. Here's one you might not know. Harriet Beecher Stowe. Have you ever heard of her? No. Nope. I've known about her since I was about seven. Ah. She is a famous American author. Back in 1811, she wrote a book called Uncle Tom's Cabin. It's If you haven't read it, read it. Yep. It's a fabulous read. It was instrumental in the anti-slavery movement in America that ended up seeing the slaves freed in 1865. Wow. It's a wonderful book by a wonderful author, and it is one of the classics. Uh, that happened in 1811. Here's a sad one. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Auschwitz concentration uh-huh. camp? Yes. I've never been to Auschwitz, but I went to Dachau. I have. It opened in Poland in 1940 and was responsible for the deaths of millions of Jews. Yeah. An awful, awful time in history. Another one, this is from our youth, Hunty. Yep. We were both, I don't know, 18, 19 around here. Yep. No, 1982. Yep. By the way, did I say Auschwitz opened in 1940? I think I did, didn't I? Auschwitz, yeah. Yeah. Is it Auschwitz or Auschwitz? Because it doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Everyone knows Auschwitz is that place of horrendous atrocities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I go on to Argentina and, and Britain in 1982, did you know um, that when I went to Dachau, I went with a group of pastors, when we went, when we actually drove into Dachau on that minibus, which is a death camp there in Europe, I tell you what, you, could, you couldn't have heard a pin drop. Yeah. Pastors, you know how we talk, you can't stop us. Yeah. 
but there was total yep. silence. Yep. And that was the most, one of the most sobering days of my life. And yep. how men can treat fellow mm. men like that mm. is mm. beyond me. Me too. Okay, let's go 1982. Yep. Britain, Argentina. Argentina surrendered to Britain and the Falklands. At the Falklands, yep. Yeah. Okay. Another awful war. And some birthdays. This will surprise you. Oh. Steffi Graf, you know who she was? Yep, tennis. Yeah, famous tennis player. She's 53 today, born in 1969. Boy George, George Allen Dowd. Yep. <sighs> Man, I never, ever got into his music. Culture Club? No way. Oh. 60 today. Can okay. you believe it? Okay. 60 years of age. And here's another one. Donald Trump's birthday today. He is a sprightly 76 years of age. Wow. I actually can't believe the Americans vote politicians, presidents in who are so old. Mm, mm. Would I be wrong in saying I think they, oh, look, I'm 59 in a few months. I don't think you should be in leadership <laughs> much after 60. Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can because I'm that age, aren't I? You're getting there. But that's just my opinion. That's just a view. But June 14 was a pretty big day in history. So there you go. Wow. Hey, Yes. Glad to see you here, Hunter. Good to see you too. Glad to see, uh, I was going to say see, <laughs> to hear our listeners. <laughs> Glad our listeners are here. And Hunty, yes. what's happening today? We've got a great program today. We've got a special guest we're bringing in live. From Hawaii. From Hawaii, yes. Her name is Sissy. Sissy, and she's a great friend of yours. Well, actually, I don't know Sissy that well. What I do know is Sissy's got a fabulous story. She does. She, came to Jesus she does. It is yep. a ripper. And she's young. Yeah. And we've got some very curly questions. Ask the Aussie pastor. I've been looking at the questions. You've got a couple there that's going to really give you a bit of a noodle scratcher. And we might have another guest. We're not sure. We might. Yeah, we might. Who's that? Robbie. He might join us. Yeah. Well, so we've got to see how his, uh, how his afternoon's going. If that's we can right. get him on, we will. We will. Otherwise, and we've got a great Bible study today. If we get it, if we get to it. <laughs> it's a good Bible pray. study. Let's yep. pray. Lord, be with us now as we get into this program. Above all else, as we pray every week. May people see you in all your beauty because you are a wonderful God. Thank you, Jesus, for being with us now through the Holy Spirit in your name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I've been playing a few songs from this group, Hunty. Yep. The Redeemed Quartet. They're out of the United States of America. Yep. And this song that they're singing just a little talk with Jesus. I have known this song as long as I can remember in life. We used to sing this in church. Yeah, Did you, loved you it. used to sing this song in church yes. when you were a kid? known this since I could, could talk. Yeah. Yep. And the reason I like these guys and I keep playing them on this program is because their harmonies are, what do you call it? Oh, they're shrink? tight. What do you call it? Um, really, really oh, Fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so I think you'll yep. enjoy this uh, this beautiful song. And it is about prayer, talking to Jesus. Thanks, yep. Auntie.
You like that, Hunty? I like that. Hey, you know what? I'm getting some cheek from one of our listeners. Uh, who's that? What's her name? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out her right now. Her name is Lil. Okay, I'll tell you who Lil is. Lil <laughs> goes to our church, and I bet you the cheek's at me. Well, let me see what she said here about you. Um, oh my goodness, I think Lloyd's almost ready for the old people's home. <laughs> she's saying that on, <laughs> she's saying that on one of two things. It's either because I was talking about my age and saying I'm almost 59, but what I suspect it is, is my music tastes. Uh huh. Because she'll tell me at church that my music tastes are very, very old. But you know what, Lil? We still love you. She's actually very, very... She's just texting me now some laughing emojis. Yes. <laughs> I bet it's the music. It's not my age. It's the music for sure. It's the music, she said. It's the music. Yes, it is the music. Yeah, but right. wasn't that a fantastic song? Wasn't that a good song? song eh? It was a good yeah, song. Just beautiful. Yes. It's us Queenslanders. We say A all the time. <laughs> not only do we say A, we win State of Origin matches. But Canadians do that too, don't they? They don't win State of Origin matches. Um, only we do eight. that. Us Queenslanders do that. I tell you what, Hunty's a, a New South Welshman, and he, 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 there's a lot of tension oh, yeah. when New South oh, Wales yeah. loses against Queensland, which is pretty regularly. So in the last oh, week in the ministry, me. who wiped the floor with you guys there's last There's been year. a fair bit of tension. Poor old Hunty's really had a bad week. Well, um, look. When, Actually, when the Queenslanders stack up with the referees, what can we yeah, pour? I, I, what can we pour? I, I'd like righteous do. Dollar for every time I've heard that from you, I'd be a millionaire. I say that regardless of the result. Actually, you know, you know I'll tell you something about State of Origin. Um, you know I'm a, a, a football tragic hunty. Yes. Grew up playing rugby union and rugby league. Grew up in New Zealand playing rugby union. Came to Australia playing rugby league. I don't say this for any other reason other than it's just, oh, 10 years ago, hunty? Yep. I made a decision. That on State of Origin night, I'm going to sacrifice it. That's a big <laughs> thing for me. Yeah. Especially when Queensland went through the hugest winning, biggest winning streak in history. But I actually don't watch State of Origin, mate. I, I, I It's just, I, I'm not saying people need to do this. It's something I do. So on State of Origin, I go out to the farm, get a fire going, mate. Yep. Sit down outside underneath the stars. And talk to the Lord. So it's a high night for me. But yes, yes, I do come home the next day and quickly want to know who won. And <laughs> things worked out for us this week. News, news, news. News. Time for the news. Hey, energy blackouts. What's going on with Australia? East coast of Australia. Yep. Now, now, let me just set this up. We are an energy superpower. We have more coal. No, more energy. Not just more coal. We have more energy. And the cleanest coal. Than anybody else on the planet. We've got gas. We've got everything. We have We've the most got, solar panels on roofs of houses in the world. We have oil. We have gas. We have coal. We have Hydro. uranium. Oh, we have the richest and best radioactive dirt in the world. Do you know why we're having energy blackouts? Tell me. I have no idea. <sighs> I, I, I actually went and went and tried to work this out. Is it because we're selling gas to Japan for a centiliter? No, not really. Oh. Not really. And I don't know that we're doing that either. Oh. The problem is this. Get, uh, energy prices are exploding. I'm going to try and get this right. And so our power companies that generate the power have to buy energy out of the market. 
hang on, this is this is energy we dig out of the ground in Australia. Yeah, yeah, but they still have to buy it out of the world. We we play world prices. It's the way the Australian market. So we works. dig out of our own dirt and feed it to our own power stations, but we pay world prices That's to ourselves. Correct, correct. So we've got to buy it off the market. So what happens is it's gone up over what the price regulator, who is a government authority, says the energy companies who generate the power can charge us. You with us? Right. And so what they're saying is if we now buy the power, we're going to be running at a loss, so we're going to turn our generators off. Oh, my goodness. And so they turn their generators off, and guess what? We've got no shortages, power. Shortages, and it's and winter. We've got shortages. At, yeah, it is mm, winter. Dear. And last night, right across the north of Sydney, where you and I used to live, yep. there are power blackouts. Oh, dear. And it's incredible in a first-world country that can happen. I'm listening to a guy on the ABC on the way in. He said it's time for the government to do some real soul-searching yep. on what is happening in energy in Australia, because he was saying, this guy's listening on the radio, that it's actually the energy companies holding Australia to ransom because they're saying, oh, we're buying uh, energy out of the market at these huge prices, but they're actually not because they locked in prices months and sometimes years ago. This is disgraceful. Yeah, so it's a hard, it's a hard, it's pretty hard. I, I know old people are not turning their heaters on and they're shivering. Me? Am I old? Yeah, you're not young. <laughs> when you talk about me, you're talking about you. Right? I know, right? <laughs> Mind I, you, you're a year older than me. That's ancient. Hey, hey, I'm not turning my heater on in the morning or in the evening at the moment because of energy prices. You know, my wife and I, we've been married 20 years almost to the day. And in our 20 years of marriage, we do not use a heater in winter because we're too miserly on electricity. Well, it's expensive. Yeah. And it can easily run out of control. I've been talking to my wife about the difficulties we now have on two wages, renting, yep. living in Sydney. Yep. It's very, very hard. And we're getting to a point where we won't be able to live in this city in the not too distant future. And if we're there, ordinary working Australians on ordinary Australian wages, yep. if that's where we're at, there's a lot of people out there yep. hurting. Yep. And if you're out there hurting today, not just because of energy prices, but petrol, well, that's energy, isn't it? Mm. And all these different things that are going up. up I mean, uh, uh, come on. We talked about it the other day here on the radio. A head of iceberg lettuce. Oh. 11 13 now. $13. You know, I actually don't like iceberg lettuce, so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I, I, I eat spinach. Iceberg lettuce, apparently, I oh, better be careful. A lot of we might have an iceberg lettuce farmer listening to us. <laughs> but it, it, it's tough out there. You go into Woolworths and there's not, sometimes there's no, uh, you know, on, on certain shelves, there's no produce. Yeah. You know, KFC is using cabbage now in their burgers rather than lettuce. I don't, I don't eat KFC, so that's oh. fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like chicken. Actually, you wouldn't believe it looking at me, mate, but. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah, I mostly am too. Vegetarian. Yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. yeah. It's not a bad way to be, and we're proof that vegetarians do all right. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> this next news article, let's move through these pretty yes. quick. Okay. Horsemen of the Apocalypse on their way. This is Medvedev, who was the president of the United, the United States, of the Soviet, of the Soviet, of Russia. Get that right. Medvedev, who was the uh, president of Russia before Putin, warning the world again. And this, these were... Warnings are coming consistently out of Russian leaders now. Fortunately, not yet, as I know, out of Putin's own mouth. But warning the Western world that if they keep arming Ukraine, there will be a nuclear holocaust. Oh, dear. You know, I go into the Bible and I search for any evidence whether there will be or won't be a nuclear holocaust. 
before the end of time. And then I'm, I'll tell you what sobers me, we've already had one. Yep. Hiroshima and yep. Nagasaki. Yep. And when I was in Japan, I went to Nagasaki. I went through the museum there. It was very, very sobering to see the carnage that nuclear weapons cause. And, and yet we've got Russia consistently now throwing out, the, because they're not doing too well in this war in Ukraine. Mm. And, and that's yeah. just the reality. They're not doing real well. They're, they're struggling to get past Ukraine, which was a much smaller and a lo, uh, and not as well-armed. Have they lost 50,000 soldiers now? I heard Zelensky, I think that's his name. Yeah. Now, there'd be some say, well, you can't rely on his figures. Maybe, maybe not. President of Ukraine say that he believes that by the end of this month, Russia has lost 40,000 soldiers oh, dead. Dear. Now, I think you can be sure that if Russia's lost 40,000, that Ukraine's probably lost more. Oh, so you could be looking at just in soldiers, 100,000 oh. people dead. And, and I actually keep saying to my church over and over, we should be, and I say to our listeners today, in this awful, senseless war, and it is senseless, it makes no sense. Yep. We should be, if you're a Christian, if you believe in God, you should be praying for peace because God hears you. And this last one before we go into a, a, a just a quick good news story, a horrifying moment in Uzbekistan. Oh, I saw that. Where a groom punches his wife at the wedding reception. In the back of the head. I saw it and it, it, it made me recoil. He, he got angry. Because she won some contest, just, that they, just some game they were playing. It was just a game they were playing. Yeah. And if you see him punch her, it, it, it's it's really, really scary. But what bothers me about that, Hunty, yeah. is that this sort of violence goes on not just in Uzbekistan, but in homes all over the world, including Australia. Mm, true. Um, I, I would say two things to a woman who's suffering violence. Number one, you don't have to take it. Correct. Run, get out. It's easy to say. I've, as a pastor, in 32 years, I've watched women struggle to escape violent men. In a previous life, um, I was working in security, and I wasn't, wasn't being totally Christian, but I specifically remember telling some ladies, if you forgive him once... He's the luckiest man on earth. If you forgive him twice... You're a saint. You're crazy. Well... It's time to leave. I would say if you've got a husband or a boyfriend who perpetrates any violence to you once, go. Wow. It's that serious. Wow. I've been brought up in a family of four boys. I want to say categorically, straight out, as blunt as I can... There is no room whatsoever for physical or even mental violence of us husbands That's and true. boyfriends and men That's true. to their women. There is no room. Yep. Or the mental the mental violence is horrendous. Financial control with mental violence. You just cannot hit a woman. Correct. You cannot do it and men there is no excuse for it and if you do it you're a coward yep. and you need to be ashamed of yep. yourself you're not and a you man need you are not a man no and you need to find help and find help fast yep and women if you've got a man chase uh chasing you around the house doing all sorts of violent things to you get out i know it's easy for me as a 
as a man sitting behind a microphone in a radio station to say this, but you need to get out. Protect yourself. Protect your children. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your children. My daughter had a boyfriend who I didn't know what, what the true story was. I suspected he wasn't treating her at all well. I may be 100% wrong, but I, I got in my car and I started a 200-kilometre journey because I was not going to allow my daughter yeah. ever to be touched by another man. Yeah, yeah well, it's just serious in my yeah, head. It, it, it's it, you can't do it. You just can't do it. And mm. and so I I think um, I just bring that up because I wanted to share on our radio program mm. how it's just so unacceptable. Not acceptable. Not under mm. any. There is no circumstance, nothing that can ever, not once ever, nothing. I, I want you to hear me, hunty. Correct. Nothing. 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 Do I need to say that again? Nothing. nothing. You know, I overemphasize nothing things. Nothing warrants physical violence. Nothing. Nothing. You can't do it. And if you're a man and you're doing this, know from me, I'm telling you, you are not a man. Okay, thanks, Hunty, for that. Yeah. I think on that powerful sentiment, we'll finish. Uh, good news, just yes. to finish off, What's Hunty? the good news story? Here's the good news. Yep. America sends, Australia yes, sends. Yes, Australia sends, yes. A massive aid package to America. I you saw that. Boss? Yes, it was baby formula. Yeah. They've got a baby formula crisis over there because one of their factories, yep. one of the businesses which literally owns America when it comes to baby formula, yep. was shut down. You know why they were shut down? Yeah, some coal or something, some bag, some bugs. Yeah, they weren't keeping their factory clean. Yeah. And so America's been short, what, since February of baby formula. Yep. I never knew baby formula was so important, but it, it is. It is. Because oh, a lot of mothers can't breastfeed their ch- children That's and so right. they need the baby formula. Or choose not to, yeah. And they can't get it and it's been a disaster. So Australia sent a whole heap of baby formula yes. to America, to our friends, to help them out. And I thought that's a good news story. It is a good news story. So that's a news, hunty. Yes. Pretty much all bad today. But when you see these things happening, look up, yep. look east, because soon you will see Jesus come. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Simon Koloski. Have you heard of him? Koloski. Is that how you say it? I don't know. You have, because I've played him before. Yeah, we have played him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this guy's fantastic. Uh, he's a Russian singer. I'm not sure, though, whether he's based in America or Russia. I tried to work that out. Couldn't really work it out. But I love his music. And he is. he sings with a group. Sometimes he sings a duet. This time he's singing by himself, but he then he brings the group in, and it is a, a beautiful song talking about heaven. And the reason I chose this song after these news stories, yes, which are pretty dark, is because are. sometimes I think we need to lift our eyes up. Yep. We need to realise even though this world is bad and even though I might be going through the most horrendous things, there is hope. Jesus is coming and he's coming in the sweet by and by.
Awesome. Yeah, I, told you, I asked Hunty, did he like the music before we started the program today? Because he gets it all together. I choose it. I have to choose yes, it. Yes, I've Hunty. lost my music choosing you privileges. Lost, you lost your music license. Yes. Hunty, uh, just a reminder to our listeners, he <laughs> chose the music once and we got into big trouble. I did. I yep. did choose the music once. I chose some good songs. <laughs> uh, we've got a special guest. We Sissy. do have a special guest. Sissy, are you there? I'm here. Nice. Yeah, fantastic. Welcome to the program. Now, tell us, where are we talking to you live? Um, uh, just so our listeners know, we are actually talking live. This is not pre-recorded. It's live, hunty. That's correct, 100% where we, live. Where are we talking to you from? I am here in Hawaii, and um, specifically in Honolulu, which is the, the major city in Hawaii. So what's the time there at the moment? It is 8 p.m. on Monday night. Okay. Well, it's 4.03 p.m. here on Tuesday afternoon. Um, yeah. Now, I'm trying to work out whether you're Australian or American. You kind of got an Aussie accent, but I'll say to you, but, but you've got an American twang. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't do nothing about that. Where were you born and where did you grow up? <laughs> 
I was born in China and then I moved to Australia when I was two. We lived in Melbourne for a couple of years and then, um, yeah, pretty much from about four onwards, I lived in Sydney, a little bit on the Gold Coast as well as an adult, but mostly in Sydney. So whereabouts in China? I was born in Beijing. Can you speak Chinese? Uh, yes, I can speak conversationally. Unfortunately, I, I can't give a Bible study, but definitely can hold a conversation. So your dad and mum, Chinese, they speak Chinese at home, I'm guessing? Um, yes, mostly, but actually to, to my brother and I, they actually speak mostly in English. Has that always, like when you were growing up, was it like that or did they speak Chinese? Uh, the reason I ask that is I come from an immigrant kind of family, well, a long time ago, but we lost the right. language. We lost the language. And they reckon that when you have kids, you should speak to them in the language and then they'll understand it. It's... Yes. So, yeah, so... My parents mostly spoke to me in Chinese, but as I became more comfortable with English, and also I think as a child, I actually was a little ashamed because I was one of very few Asians in okay. my school. So I didn't like speaking Chinese in front of my, my classmates because they were they, they didn't get it and they thought it was kind of strange that I spoke another language. But, um, but you know, my husband and I discussed... Eventually, when we have children, yep. I will speak to them in Chinese so yeah. that they can at least understand from, from a young age. Funny, some of the things you're ashamed of when you're a kid, you're so grateful for when you grow up, eh? Yes, exactly. Now I'm, I'm so, yeah, I am incredibly grateful to, to, to have that Chinese culture behind me. I love so many aspects of Chinese culture. And, um, and especially here in Hawaii, there are actually a lot of yeah. Chinese people. Yeah. So I feel really at home here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why did you move to Australia? Why did your dad and mum come here? They went to Australia as academics. So oh, both okay. of them, um, both of them went over there basically with a. I think they were doing a a PhD program. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do 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 they still have a connection with China, or and do you still have a connection with China, or? Yes, very much so. My parents and my brother are the only family members that I have outside of China. Oh, except for a cousin in yeah. in uh, Seattle in the U on the mainland. But all the rest of my family is in China. So my extended family, my cousins, uncles, aunties, everyone. Do you ever go home? I want to say home. Home's Australia. Yeah. But do you ever go home yeah. to China? <laughs> I do. The last time I went was actually right before COVID hit. So it was no, the end of November 2019. How, what do and you then, feel when you go there? Do you feel like you've gone back home? or what, what, what's the, the reason I ask that question is I went back to our home village in Switzerland. I've said this a few times, yeah. but yeah. it was my great-grandfather. I felt nothing. Um, and I think we've, yeah. just, we've been in Australia too long, but that may not be for you. When you go back home to China, do you do you feel like oh this is this is my lineage, this is my ancestry? Do you? Um, I do when I spend time with my grandparents, and also my father actually took us on a trip where we we traced our lineage back. So on my dad's side of the family, we are descendants of Confucius. Oh. So we traced our lineage is back that, to five hundred BC. You fair income there. Yeah. You have Confucius totally. blood running through your veins. Yes, I'm 77th generation. 
Wow. And, yeah. and uh, they're, they're, pretty, they're, they're pretty accurate too with their lineage over there too, yeah. aren't they? Extremely accurate. So my, my dad took us back and we went to Confucius's hometown where the historians have kept volumes and volumes of these family records. Now they're online, yeah, but yeah. Um, they used to all be in print. So, so yeah, I do feel connected, especially when my dad tells me about uh, that aspect of our culture and when I spend time with my grandparents. But in terms of being in the cities and engaging in daily life, I don't feel at all at home because it's very different culturally. It's very dirty, very polluted. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yet there's some beautiful places in China, isn't there? I mean, stunningly yeah. beautiful. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. We have been to some really beautiful places. I think culturally it's, it's, I would say it's less civilized. Okay. They don't really understand the concept of a queue. They're a little pushy. But still, there's a lot of kindness. That and, sounds a bit yeah. like Australia, doesn't it? I'm not sure we're real good with cues, Auntie. I know you're not a good, you're not real good with cues. Maybe you've got a bit of Chinese in you, bro. <laughs> Love it. Hey, um, before we get into how you, because I'm very interested in how you met Jesus, and, and you kind of already given us a little bit of a hint. You didn't get brought up in a Christian home. Um, just tell us a bit right. about you, interests, sports, hobbies. Because you are uh, you, you are an international. I, I think. Uh, Hunty said, oh, we're really good friends. Reality is I don't, don't know you that well at all. But from afar, <laughs> yeah. you do seem to be an international woman. Uh, you know, you've, I, you've been exposed to a lot of different cultures. And Tell us what yeah. what makes you hobby, sports, things that you do that interest you. I am very passionate about ministry. So I love giving Bible studies. I love studying the Bible personally. Um I'm very passionate about health. My husband and I really love hiking, and my husband is Hawaiian, so he grew up. He's a, he's basically a fish. You know, he grew up in the ocean. Does he surf? He has taught me a love of surfing ah. and um, and the ocean. I mean, growing up in Australia, you you love the ocean as well, but yeah. there's a little more fear associated with it. You know, there are a lot of shark attacks, and it's not really like that here in Hawaii. Oh, actually, so. there are shark attacks in Hawaii. There are, there are, but you, you'll notice that um, most most people who love the ocean here have a have a really beautiful relationship with sharks and are, yeah. are not so fearful of them. Um, something's happened in Australia, to be honest, in the last ten or fifteen years with sharks. Because when I was young, surfing on the Gold Coast, there was we had no fear of them. I used to surf in a place where there was a tiger shark who'd pop his head up out of the water, according to one right. of our mates. You know, remember Mark? Mark Bly, I used to surf with him, and oh, you know, oh, Mark Bly, I, yeah, yeah. I know Mark Bly. That, that's right, and and we used to surf, and and he told me about this tiger shark down the place called Black Rock. You might even know where that is on the Gold Coast. Yes, I do. And it used to pop it, and, and so we weren't so worried about them. But now I I talk to some of my mates who live up at Kingscliff. I got family up there. They talk about how they go surfing now. They actually prey on the beach before they go out for the safety from the Lord because it's becoming so yeah. dangerous over here. And it's genuine. Yeah. It seems like almost every other week we're having shark attacks. I have noticed though that the Hawaiians do have a a deep an intimate relationship with the sea. Yes, it's really beautiful, actually, and I'm looking forward to raising my children that way eventually. Because I do have an element of fear that 
my husband doesn't he's he he understands the power of the ocean but he's not as fearful as i am so is, is he i really in, love that is he hawaiian indigenous culture. hawaiian indigenous hawaiian yes yes wow. he is yeah, yeah uh, so, so he's he's hawaiian spanish portuguese filipino and a whole bunch of other stuff but those are the main four it, everyone here in hawaii is a melting pot they're all He's, a, he's an international man as well, by the sound of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, um, you, you told us um, you weren't brought up in a Christian home. Tell us about that, and then tell us about how you, how Jesus Christ. I always think Jesus finds us; we don't find him. So tell yes. us about how Jesus found you. So a little bit about your background growing up as an atheist, and then how how your conversion came about. Um. So I, as I grew up in an atheist home, it was very. It was very, you know, it was it was okay to talk about Jesus, but my parents didn't really understand who he was. I would just come home from scripture because we would have scripture in, in um, primary school. But it's interesting, actually, my mom put me in for non-scripture as, as a five-year-old, mm. and I changed the option without telling her to <laughs> scripture. And... I, I don't remember doing that, but my mom actually says often, you know, it seems like you were always destined to become a Christian. And so I learned a lot from scripture, didn't really discuss it too much with my parents, but I became friends when I was about 10 with a Christian boy who lived around the corner from me. And because we grew up together from 10 to I mean, probably into our late teens, yep. we were still good friends. So he was kind of like a brother to me. Yep. And he had a very solid relationship with Christ. And I noticed that he didn't he didn't hold much weight on other people's opinions of him. He was very secure. He he often would be very peaceful in somewhat stressful situations. And I always remembered that he went to Bible studies every week. Mm. And so when I first attended uh, uni, I was at Sydney uni. When I first attended, I joined this non-denominational Christian group called student life. I think they might be called something else now. Maybe just, campus just before you even go on from that, why? Oh, because it was really interesting. Actually, you know, you go to the, the orientation day and there are clubs and booths everywhere. And I was so exhausted from that day. I didn't want to speak to anybody else. I didn't want to sign up to anything else. But I was walking I was walking past this tent and I could see out of the corner of my eye that this guy was he already had his eye on me to ask me, you know, yeah. do you want to do you want to sign up? Or, yeah. And I was trying to ignore him, but then he said, Can I offer you a chopper chop? And I was actually addicted to sugar at the time. Really funny because I, I don't actually have any sugar at all now. Yeah. But I was addicted to sugar at the time. So I was like, sure, I'll take a chop a chop. And he said, all you have to do is fill in this survey. And I was like, oh, okay. So I filled in this survey. It was a spiritual spiritual survey and, you know, kind of asked you, who do you think Jesus is? I, and then at the end it asked you, are you interested in any of the following Bible studies, Christianity Explained? So I thought I already knew what Christianity was. You know, yeah. I thought, oh, you believe in God, you're a Christian. So I signed up for the Bible studies, which I guess were like the next step after the Christianity Explained. So I basically leapt into, you know, pretty advanced 
Bible studies. But in that process, I also really learned very clearly who Jesus is, and I started to get a grasp of the Bible. But, you know, uni has a lot of temptations, and I was very young when I started uni. I was actually only 16. So because I was so young, I was very easily influenced by my peers, and I was just, I just jumped head first into that party life. And it wasn't until a few years later, actually, when I was 21, I... At that point, I was promoting alcohol at the airport. I was working in events. I was partying all the time, and that was my life. Just but before, at the same before time, you go on, so you didn't stay in yeah. the Bible studies at uni that long? Um, I would say maybe like six, seven months, maybe. Okay, okay. God, God, yeah. God planted seed there. Yes, God planted major seeds. Okay. And now go on. So you're, 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 you're at the airport. You're, you're, I'm guessing, you're, as you say, you're selling alcohol there. You're in events. You're partying. Go on. Yeah. And then at that point, I was also studying at dental school. So I was studying to become a dentist. I pretty much was like, okay, I have my life set up. I know I'm going to be a dentist. There'll be money. There'll be doctor in front of my name. And, you know, I, I'll continue to do these events and party until until I get sick of it, I guess. But at that point, because I was working at the airport, I was working at at the airport on Saturdays, and I had been attending, actually, a church on Saturday mornings that my friend, my childhood friend, Abel, had recommended to me. And it was interesting because this church was like nothing you would imagine a girl like me would want to go to. It was probably the most conservative of churches you can imagine. You know, they played the organ. Yeah. Um, everyone was, I think, over 60, except for maybe a few people. So it was, like, very bizarre that I wanted to go to this church, but he had recommended it once, and I'd been, during that time, I'd been searching and seeking so much for answers. I, While I was in those Bible studies, this girl, Lainey, I still remember her very well. Her name is Lainey Green. She... She was kind of mentoring me, and she knew I wasn't regularly attending church. So she said, when you eventually look for a church, you need to make sure, there'll be friendly people at every church, but you need to make sure that you look for a church that is Bible-based. That is the most important thing to look Good for. Good advice. Right? Yes. she. I mean, it was the best advice that mm. I think anyone could give me early in my mm. my seeking. So because of that, I had been going to all different churches, and not just churches. I was exploring Baha'i faith. I was exploring Hare Krishna. I even went to um, mosques. I was I went to Coptic Orthodox churches. That's Egyptian Orthodox, yep, yep. where everybody is Egyptian. All these churches, and basically, um, I ended up at this church that that my friend had recommended, and I just knew that it was Bible based because yep. when I asked the people questions, they answered everything from the Bible. It wasn't its tradition. We've done this a long time. So then I started attending there sporadically. I stopped attending because I was working at the airport. But then one of the elders at this church, when I came after having not been there for a couple of months, he said, where have you been? You know, we've missed you. We don't have your contact details. I said, oh, I didn't tell him that I'd been 
working, but I just said, oh, I'm attending a church with my friend in the city, which I had been. Yep. And he said, you know, I want to recommend a church to you in the city. Because I said, you know, my friend lives in the city. So he recommended to me this church that I then started going to. And they started teaching me, um, well, they put on, a, 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 I guess, a series of, of seminars on prophecy, Bible prophecy. And I started attending these seminars and I'd already been reading and studying myself. So I was putting things together and it was clicking. And at the end of that series, they, the, the pastor who was delivering that series made a call for baptism. And I had invited my friend with me and told him, you don't have to fill in this card. We don't need to get yeah. baptized. We're just here to learn, yeah. you know. And then as I was listening to him make this appeal, it's very hard to explain, but it's like the whole, it was in a movie theater, George Street Cinemas. Mm. The whole theater just disappeared. Mm. And it was like God was extending a personal invitation to me. It was, I, the impression that I got was you've been learning the truth and you know enough of the truth now to make a decision for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I get really emotional when I think yeah. about it, but well, it's an um, emotional thing. Yeah. So when, when, when I felt the Holy Spirit extend that personal invitation to me, I just, I had to say yes. It was like, you can either continue living your life the way you are, very meaningless. Um, and, and you know, this is not to to make anyone who was living the life, who is currently living the yeah. life that I was living, feel bad. Yeah. But honestly, for me, I definitely felt worthless living that life. And it was completely unfulfilling. And I didn't even realize it was unfulfilling yeah. until I met Jesus. Yeah. Once I met Jesus, it was like, Nothing in my past life could could fulfill me the way Jesus can. So it was very easy, actually, to let go of my old life and say, "No, I just want to, I just want to live for Jesus now." So did you yeah, get baptized? Did you get baptized? I did. I got baptized. Yes. Is and it, can um, you tell us what that yeah. church was? It was Fountain in the City. Okay, in, I thought it, it might have been. Yes, it's held at a uh, UTS. I, I think they're still there, aren't they? Um, they are, as far as I know, and I think they also they started another church in Maroubra. I've been there as well. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't think the, the Maroubra one's there, although I could be wrong. But Fountain oh. Fountain in the City is definitely there. Yes. Who Who yes. was the pastor who who was doing the program? It was David Asherick. Oh. You are, you are being taught by one of the most powerful teachers and preachers around. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I had no idea, but, um, but it, it, it definitely made sense. And I think as well, David and I, you know, he comes from a medical background as well. So the way he explained things really fit in with the way I was taught things academically. So I think it just, you know, God, God is so good in the way he orchestrates things. It was it was perfect. He, he was the guy to teach you. Uh, just by the way, are you a dentist now? I'm not a dentist, no. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't follow through with that. No, I didn't. I actually, um, I switched probably about a year after I, I, 
I really accepted Jesus and decided to live for him, I, I kind of was doing some praying and just trying to figure out what my gifts were. Yep. And I really just did not think dentistry was for me. Okay. All of my motivation for going into dentistry was not really godly motivation. No, and no. I, I know that God could have used it, but I saw that my gifts were more in teaching. And um, so that's, that's actually the direction I went. I became a teacher. I know I'm not teaching either, but I've, well, yeah, you I've kind of careers many times. We'll talk about that in a second. I just want to ask you this question. You give your heart to yes. Jesus. Was it all smooth yes. sailing after that? No, absolutely not. In fact, it was... You know, I had a lot of um, had a lot of opposition from family because because they they just really didn't understand it. And yep. in fact, I had a lot of um, my family members, their close friends, were telling them that um, I joined a cult, that I was you know following a, a god who didn't exist. Many of them were also academic backgrounds, so. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I had a lot of opposition, but thankfully, God is so good. He's softened the hearts of many of my family members, um, but it was definitely not smooth sailing, at least for the first. Well, actually, probably not until my husband met my family, and then they were like, "We love, we love him." So, yeah, yeah okay, yeah. yeah. I was just wondering about that. Um, how about spiritually? Was it easy? Was it easy to stay? Oh, no. Was it easy to stay after you made that decision? You get baptized. I'm I'm imagining you're feeling pretty fiery with the Lord. You can sense the yes. Holy Spirit and all that. Was it easy spiritually yes. to stay on track, or did your old life continue to call you? I, I often wonder that uh, with others. Yes. I, I know my story, but I just wonder: Did your old life old life call you still, or had that gone and you were able to move straight ahead and up? That definitely went very quickly, and I was able to move past that quickly. But in terms of easy or smooth sailing, I definitely have experienced many trials, but not to do with my old life. Those old temptations were buried, gone, gone, very, gone. Very quickly. Did that? For did me, that happen quickly for you? Did it? Like yes. Yep. Literally, like everything happened probably within. I want to say a few months after right. I was baptized. And, you know, nobody nobody said anything to me. It was just the Holy Spirit convicted me so strongly. And I and I strongly believe that when we we walk in the light that God gives us, He just keeps giving us light. And so I I just kept doing what what God was showing me to do. And he would bring more things. Well, maybe you should, this is not so great, you know. And then I would let go of that and then there was something else. And it wasn't yeah. necessarily. That that might I continue for the rest of your life, actually. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I don't want to say it was an easy experience because there were definitely some things that I wrestled with yeah, giving yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that every time it was. You know, once I was able to let something go, it was just, it was, it, and it has been since then. Once you let that old flesh go and you get, you get that new heart, um, the old stony heart going, you get the new heart of flesh. It's, it's always worth it. So I, okay, I now, don't regret. Uh, no, yeah. three quick questions because we're running out of time. I find your story very interesting. How do you, sissy, keep yes. your life hot with Jesus now? Because it is a fire. 
How do you keep that fire going? What is it? How many years ago has all this happened? Uh, 14 years. Okay. You still look pretty young to me. You must have been oh. young when this was all going down. Um, yes, I was 21 when I was baptised. Yeah. So I'm 35. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you are young. Praise the Lord. Good to be young. Hey, how, how do you stay hot with your Lord? I think that's a big question because I hear a lot of people who go through experiences like you, they follow Jesus, then something happens and just over time they wander away. But I do see some people like you who to me seem to get hotter and hotter with Jesus Christ. What What's happening in your life that does that? I think, um, I think one thing is, I mean, there are a couple of things, but one thing is keeping your eye on the prize and not necessarily that it's the only motive keeping you going, but for me, knowing that one day I'll get to see Jesus face to face, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what the devil throws at me. That is by far the one thing that, that keeps me going the most. Sounds so to me like you fell in love with Jesus. Exactly. And it's I get so emotional speaking about it because it's it's you know it's something that nothing in this world can fill that longing. Yeah. It's something that only Jesus can fill and he fills it somewhat here on earth, but I think we won't really experience yeah. the fullness of it until we really do see him face to face. When he comes in the clouds, I just I don't even know how I'm going to react. Of course, I'm going to be overjoyed, but I feel like I'm just going to burst in. You're going to cry. Yes. yes. So will the rest of us. It's it's been a hard, hard slog for us all. And I think when we see Jesus, we cry in joy, um, in relief. Um, Right. how, How do you spend time with Jesus? Do you spend time with Jesus? Is that important? And how do you do it? I do. I, you know... Spending time in his word is so important to me. And actually, Pastor Lloyd, I still use today your Bible study method that you taught at Fountain in the City, I think about 14 years ago. I still, to this day, use that method. That's Jesus talking to you. It's a great method. Amen. Exactly. And, you know, I just, when I read God's word, it really is He's speaking to me directly. It's, you know, I I ask questions and he gives me answers in his word. I I cry out to him in prayer and he shows me his promises. So it's, you you really can't can't grow close to someone unless you spend time with them and communicate. And that's really how to communicate with God. We pray to him. He talks to us through his word. You know, that's the... I don't know how people do it. You can't have a walk like you've got that's just gone over many years now and it's getting hotter without that Bible study and prayer. It, it, right. it it's, it's you and him together. It's intimate. Um, hey, you went to Hawaii. Yes. You met a guy there. I did. How did, did you know that this Hawaiian boy, I don't think I've ever seen him, but I'm imagining him, that he's a big, strong, good-looking boy. <laughs> right here, I'll let's, get him to Let's have a look at him. <laughs> so you can see him. Maybe he's oh, got a good story too. I'm going to get him to come so you can here, come meet so, Pastor Just so our listeners know, we can actually see these guys. Let's have a look. 
Get him a big... Yay! Yeah. He, he is a big, strong, good-looking Hawaiian boy. <laughs> I knew... I always knew you'd do okay, Sissy. <laughs> uh, and you waited for this guy, too. He didn't just turn up straight away. I did wait. You know, we we met in on my first trip here in 2015. Yep. I came to health talks yep. at an evangelistic series, and... Um, Daniel attended one of my health talks and he asked me some very good questions at the end of the talk. And then we, we didn't really communicate after that. We actually dated each other's friends. Oh, wow. Praise the Lord. That didn't work out. Um, and then when I was a missionary at our current church, I was a missionary there in 2017 and yeah. That was uh, hey, Daniel. Can Daniel talk? Can Daniel talk for a second? I want to ask him a quick question. Sure. Hey, Daniel, when you first yes. met Sissy in 2015, did you know that she was special and that God was sending you this girl, or did it take a while for that to unpack for you? Um, at the time, I was very much focused on my walk with the Lord. Yep. Sissy, Sissy would did. like that too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I did notice her, but I was very focused on my walk with the Lord at the time, and I just that was that that just took all of my energy and all of my attention, and that's just where I wanted to be at the time. So, fantastic! Well, I'm glad God brought you brought you two together. Maybe we can talk to Daniel, hey, uh, sometime in the not too distant future, and and hear his yeah. story. I'm always very interested yeah. in how, and perhaps we can look at how God brought you together. Hey, one last question. And I can ask it to either of you. How did you know in the end? You, you, you've talked, Sissy, about this intimate relationship you have with God where you're talking to him, he's talking to you, he's very much alive. How did you guys know that you were for each other in marriage? Did God get involved in that decision? Yes, absolutely. Tell us just quickly how that, how you knew. Um, I think, you know, God presented to us very early on, even in our friendship, we kept getting thrust into ministry together. Okay. And it wasn't it wasn't even intentional. We just it just would happen. Yeah. And we weren't even trying to seek each other out. It just, you know, God kept putting it together. And as time went on and then as we started dating, we could see well at least i personally could see i I don't want to speak for daniel but i definitely could see that um that our ministry was reaching more people together and we were able to be more useful for god together so that was a big part of it because up until that point there were very few i mean like you said i waited a long time because there were very few people i felt compatible in ministry with and so um, it was just a real blessing to find someone who was compatible in that way. And I think for me personally, again, I can't speak for Daniel, but for me, I needed someone who would be able to tell me the things I needed to hear. So almost like another Holy Spirit, yeah. you know, be able to speak the truth to me and not just tell me what I want to hear. And Daniel definitely did that. And I had prayed about that point exactly. And so, wow. 
Isn't it amazing how God had this Hawaiian boy for you so far from where you were and the chance of you ever getting together probably so minuscule and yet God had that plan. He brings you together. How long have you been married? Um, July 7 will be a year. Woohoo, you two are newly married. <laughs> Love it. That's why they're still glowing, huh? Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, just very quickly, what are you doing now? I am working in the marketing department for a local organic and natural retailer. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. But you guys work, you work for the Lord on the side. I shouldn't say that's yes. You're working for the Lord all the time, but you two both actively. Can we get you back in the in the next few weeks and talk about get you both on and talk about how you as because neither of you are pastors, you are um, no. members of the local Adventist church in Hawaii. Can yes. we just get you on to talk about how you guys work together within your marriage for the Lord Jesus? Sure. Yeah, we'd love that. Is that all right, Daniel? We bring you back. One last question, because awesome. I know we're out of time, okay. but I've got, I've got to ask this one. Um, Sissy, finally, what advice would you give to someone who's coming from out of the world to Jesus? I would say keep your eyes on him. Yep. There are going to be moments when you when you stumble, when you fall, and um, I would just say continue to keep your eyes on him. I always think of there was a verse that got me through a lot of my early walk and still gets me through today, but in Jude 24, where it says that he is able to keep me from stumbling and, and that's present, but it also looks forward to the future where, you know, he's going to present me faultless before the throne. So I just, yeah, that would be my advice. Keep your eyes on him. It's so easy to look at ourselves, our sin our mistakes, but that's that's the devil. You yeah. know, once the Holy Spirit convicts you and you confess that, God says that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And you just need to claim that. Don't yeah. get caught up and bogged down in your mistakes because it's not, sounds weird, but it's not really about us. No. It's, it's about God. So You have a beautiful story. And it's just beginning. So, Amen. Yep. Amen indeed. God bless you, Sissy. And I'll get Hunty to contact you guys, and I'd just love to talk to you. Because you're both young still, um, and I'd love to talk to you about how you two, within your marriage, it's only one year old, work together to advance Jesus. Until next sure. time. God bless you. Thank you, Sissy. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Ah, very interesting what young an lady. Amazing interview. She's a very interesting young woman, and I, I've known her for some time. I don't know her that well, but I know her story was was very interesting. And she coming from that family of non-believers, mm. um, and mm. she's a very strong Christian and walks with the Lord very close. Hey, Hunty, this song from Crowder. All my hope. All my hope. I yep. think it really encapsulates what Sissy is talking about. Jesus, once you meet him, he's so wonderful mm-hmm. and he is all your hope. Hope you enjoy this song.
That song's a beauty from Crowder. It's a ripper. It's, it is. You, that's a right word, Hunty. Mm, mm. It is a ripper. Yep. And when I'm listening to Sissy, oh, man, I enjoyed that interview. That was a great interview. Actually, uh, did we record that? Yes, we did. Video? I record everything. Video? No, just audio. So we can't put it up on Facebook? I didn't hit record on the video. I need audio, sorry. Uh, uh. Why is the camera in front of me then? So that Sissy can see you. Oh. Uh. 
I thought we were recording these. We were. Oh, did you make a unilateral decision not to? <laughs> Humpty's <laughs> nodding his... Well, we've recorded the last, I don't know, three, yeah, four, five we weeks. A, we haven't done anything with a ripper like that. Yes. That was a good interview. That was oh, a good interview. We might put it up on it. Do we have a podcast, Steve? Yeah, we have a podcast. Where yeah. would you go to see our podcast? Aussie Pastor on iTunes. You know what you didn't do this week? What's that? You didn't ask anybody did they want to send in a question for Aussie Pastor. I did not plug it. Shall we plug it anyway? Let's plug it now. Because, because it's tr- we're probably it's coming going to right up questions now. today, but certainly I'd like to get ahead a little bit. Yes. Yeah. If you'd like to help me stump the Aussie pasta. Actually, it's not about that, is it? Because it's not hard to stump the Aussie pasta. He's, there's nothing bright about him. But we'd love um, to hear from you. We'd love your questions. And if you'd like to send in your questions to us, there's two ways to do it. You can text them to us on 488 double eight zero eight five one or you can email them to us and the email address is info at aussiepasta.com yep and i guarantee you we'll put your questions we up. will it's a promise funny right. thing is though you yes. know hunty a lot of our questions follow some themes don't they they do so i noticed that i, often I reckon wonder. people have similar concerns but expressed in different ways all the all the things we talk about at the first half of the program um, cause people to send us questions because they seem to be themed. Uh, always, always amazes me. Well, let's see. Is today's themed? Let's find it. Um, this first question is is a very sobering question and a very serious question. Let me try and get through it. I made a decision two years ago to follow Jesus. Since then, everything seems to have gone wrong. First, I lost my job. Then my wife got sick. And then my daughter died in a road accident. Wow. After that, I got a divorce. I kind of know that God is there, but it seems the only thing that can happen to me now is that I die. And to be honest, I would welcome that at the moment. What is happening? And uh, just so our listeners know, that's a real question. Yeah, all these questions are real. This, This man, woman, man, I guess. Yep, yeah, I'm man, assuming man, because he's got a wife. Wife, yeah. Um, what is happening now? Life. That's what's happening. Mm. It's life. If you've lived your life without losing someone that you love, you are the most blessed, and it won't keep going. When you give your heart to Jesus, life continues. We still go through awful times. Yep. And this guy, this man, God bless you, mate, seems like he's had a Job experience. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, open your Bible, go online if you don't have a Bible, because you can get a Bible online, go to Bible Gateway or Bible Hub, and read the book of Job, because this this man's having a similar experience to Job. Job didn't just lose one child, though. He lost uh, all of his children. I think it was nine or ten or something or other. Um. Did he lose his wife as well? Did Job no, lose his no, wife? No, no. I think the answer to this question is Jesus never, after you make a decision to follow him, promises you that you'll always have good times, that you'll be successful financially, that your marriage will be a raging success, that business will work out. Look, the chances of those things happening are better with Jesus, but there's no guarantee. Mm. Uh, I've never preached as a pastor the prosperity gospel, hunty. No. 
Sorry, mate. I've got a cough. No, I I agree. You don't. We don't pray to Santa Claus. I've never and preached it. We don't. We don't say that if you follow God, you'll be wealthy and successful. Because often you're not. Some of the poorest people in the world, some of those who go through the greatest tragedies, are disciples of Jesus. Yeah. But I'll tell you what he does promise. Jesus says over and over and over in the Scripture, "Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you." Mm. Um, I'm going to cough again, Hunty. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to mute. Oh, you've muted yourself. That's good. So this, this is, poor man lost his daughter and his wife, uh, wife to a divorce, daughter in a road accident, and it looks to me like he's having some sort of suicidal thoughts. Let me put I, a plug I, I, in. I don't, I don't think he said he's suicidal. Well, yeah. let me put a plug in anyway for Lifeline. Um, if you're worried about living right now, can I suggest you call Lifeline 13 11 14? Yeah, I'd concur with that. Mm. Although I hope this guy's not suicidal. Well, it says, and to be honest, I would welcome that at the moment. He says, okay. So, but that you, you don't have to be suicidal. True. When you say that, there Today. are lots of people. My dad's an old fella. He'd welcome death at the moment. Uh, okay. He's not suicidal. That's a good call. I didn't. I didn't say that. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't mean he's not though either. And and Hunty, just in case you are feeling that 13, way today, 13, 11, 14. Yeah. There 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 are lots of ways you can get help. Mm. But you start off with Lifeline. Yep. Because I'll give you support. But don't don't put Jesus to the side either. No. Because he's very much the answer here to this situation. And what I would say, Jesus says over and over, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Go to Jesus. It's not a cliche. It's not pie in the sky. It's not clouds in the air. Go to Jesus. If you don't know where to go in the Bible, go and read the book of Job. You want comfort? Go and read the book of Psalms. You want inspiration? Go and read one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, Hunty. Yep. If you want the promise of Jesus' power, read the book of Acts. If you want to get into prophecy and know that there's a hope for the future, read the books of Daniel and the Revelation. Yeah, I love that. Get into the Bible. If you want to go back to your beginnings, go to the book of Genesis. Um, because what happens is when you get into the Bible, you get in the presence of Jesus. It's supernatural. Sissy was talking about it. And Jesus heals. Yep. And Jesus rebuilds your life. Yep. And when you're going through awful, awful circumstances like this poor guy, I, I, I don't know how you get through it without Jesus. But yep. you're right, Hunty. Mm. It doesn't hurt to get some help outside. Yep. So one more time. Yes, Lifeline, one three one one fourteen thirteen eleven fourteen. They're not the only ones either, are they? No. There are others out there. But Lifeline's in every state in Australia. So if you're listening to us any part of this great country, 13, 11, 14. Okay. All righty. Moving on to question two. If I follow Christ, does he determine the day of my death or is it indiscriminate? Yeah, he does. He really? determines it. Absolutely. So predestination? No. Nah. Um, Walking with Jesus. Now, I'm going to take, oh, take you I back see, to something here, I see. What does your good friend John Carter, who we've had on this program oh, before, he's a great evangelist. I love. He's always walking on the edge. What does he say? I love what he says, because he does some pretty dangerous things for God. He says, I'm immortal whilst God is using me. Yeah, until God says otherwise. Yep. And there comes a time where God will tell you, lay your sword down and go to sleep. You see it in the Bible all the time. He said it to uh, the patriarchs of old. He'd say it's time to go to sleep. He said it to Moses. Yep. Moses was before the promise there. Yep. So God said to him, "You're not going." Jesus, actually, not going in. 
Well, he said, you're not going to that promised land, but he put him to sleep yep. and then he actually resurrected him. That's a great story. It's a great story. Yeah. Um, there's a time to go to sleep. And I don't, yeah, I've got no doubt in my mind whatsoever that on the day I die, it will be God's will. Not that God wants me to die, mm. but he'll be saying, okay, yep. Lord, you can go to sleep until yep. I come and wake you up. Love and it. that's why i got no fear of death. I mean, it seems trite, but we've just had COVID, you and I. Yep. You never know with COVID, do you? No. You ask yourself, I wonder how this is going to go. Yes. Uh, especially when you've got um, issues with your lungs like I have. Yes. And you've got issues with your lungs, hunty. Yep. I've got a little sprayer in my car right now that I've been trying to give back to you. <laughs> um, it's a big deal. Yes. Dying. But you're not going to die if you follow Jesus until it's his will. And when you do, here's a great thing about following Jesus, you're going to do it in peace. Yes. There's going to be no fear. Yes. No anxiety. That's a beautiful thing. You will just die peacefully and go to rest until Jesus gives you a call. Love it. So, yeah, look, I want to be very clear. Your death, the day of your death is not indiscriminate. As if you're a believer. Remember I'm saying if yes, you're a believer, you're a believer you'll yep. only die when Jesus says, okay. Yeah, that was the question. If I yeah. follow Christ. Yep. Yep. So there you yep. go. Good, great answer. Yep. Okay, this next question. You're going to have to help me out with this one. Um, two is Michael the Archangel Jesus? Yeah, he is. Well, firstly, what's an Archangel? Um, it's just a term in Scripture yep. that describes um, Arch means chief, Angel means messenger, uh, chief okay. Got messenger. It. Got it. And a lot of people struggle with that idea that Jesus can be the Archangel and be God. Well, he is because he's the chief messenger of God. But I'll tell you what, Hunty, mm. that question is worth a Bible study. Okay. And next week we're going to do a Bible study on is Jesus the Archangel. That's going to stir a lot of people, a lot of listeners up out there. They'll be horrified to hear me say that. Don't turn off. Wait until you you hear next week. Yep, another thing, though, evidence. let me yep. just give you another piece of evidence. Uh, uh, to start off with, Arch, Chief, yep. Angel, Messenger, Chief, Messenger, Jesus, yep. Chief, Messenger. That's not going to, go, going to challenge too many people. And the word Michael, do you know what that means? Nope. Who is like God. Ah. So, who's the Archangel Michael? Well, Michael, chief messenger, who is like God. Wow. Who's that? There's a very, very fast answer, but it's worth... Did, did you get that, Hunter? I did. I, say it? I got Michael, it. what does Michael mean? Well, he... Archa- I'm going to cough again. Okay. You know what I was thinking? We should also do a Bible study on your Bible study method um, that you taught to Sissy. I think that would be a great thing yeah, for our listeners as well. we have done that well. on here, but we'll do it again. I don't recall. Yeah, we did. Did we? But I'm happy to do it again. Okay. Um, so let me do this again. Yep. Michael. Is Michael Jesus? Well, watch this. Michael. Uh, he's the archangel, chief messenger, Michael. Watch this. Chief messenger, Michael, who is like God. Yep. Chief messenger who is like God. Okay. That's Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, more yep. than like God is God. All right. Well, let's... Yeah. There you go, listener. But, but we'll do that next week. Yeah, love yeah. to. All right, next question. Why did God allow the men of the Old Testament to have so many wives? No, he didn't. Well, did he not bless Solomon with a thousand wives? No, he did not. Did he not say Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived? Wasn't talking about that. Solomon drifted away from Jesus, from God. Are you saying that? So that whole thousand well, wives thing? Crazy. Yeah. If you go back to Genesis 2, yep. Genesis 3, God made a man and a woman, and then after he made the man and the woman, he made marriage, and marriage is to be between one man and one woman. And every single story in the Bible you will come across and read where that is not the case is a disaster. 
Did, didn't he encourage some some guys at Abraham or no. to take his servant for no. an offspring? No. Certainly not. Not no. ever, not once. Not once did God encourage uh, multiple wives, not once. And, and every time it happened in the Bible stories, there was disaster. Mm. Unmitigated, horrendous, horrific disaster. So why did God allow? He did not allow. There's your answer. No, he okay. didn't. They did it. We do all sorts of things that God doesn't allow. And the patriarchs and the prophet, not the prophet so much, but the patriarchs and many people in the Bible participated in the sins of their generation like we do today. Hmm. Why we need a saviour. Wow. Yep. Very good. Last question. Yep. What is the best way to escape sexual temptation? Easy flee. <laughs> he got two legs. Run from it, eh? Yeah, run. Flee. Love it. Don't stay in that. Don't don't stay in that sexual temptation. Yeah, don't mm. stay in that paddock. Mm. Unlock the gate, shut it behind you, and run for the hills. It's as simple as that. Don't stay in that paddock. Run, 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 run. Yep. If you entertain it, yep. it will get you. There is no one that can stay in that paddock in that field for too long. And I'm fed income hunting. Run. The Bible says it. Flee sexual Temptation. So could that work too if, you, if your sexual temptation is pornography, perhaps internet, anything. internet sex temptations? Anything. Anything that's outside of a marriage um, between one man and one woman, the Bible would define as sexual temptation. And the Bible says, flee it. Flee it as fast as you can. I'm trying to find the Bible verse I was here. just thinking, what if, what if it's your thoughts? What if you're driving around and you're... You see Matthew 5, something says, that he that looks you. at a woman and lusts after her in her, his heart has committed adultery with her. That's Jesus. Jesus is not interested so much in just your actions. He's interested in your thoughts, your mind, your heart. How do you run from your own thoughts? Easy. If it's on the internet, close it down. Mm. You've just run. Okay. Um. Is that what you are asking? I think, I think you've got it. I, it's a great question. What is the best way to escape I'll just run. sexual temptation? Run, run, run. I, I, don't have I like else. that. I yeah. like that a lot. Run. Run, yep. run as fast as you can. How's that? All right. Well, that brings this segment to a conclusion. What do you reckon? Yeah, go for it. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I love being with Jesus. This song by May Peaky, who is my friend. She is. My friend too. Yeah, I know her quite well. Young lady, lives up the north coast of New South Wales. Adventist Very girl, talented. Christian Adventist girl. Yep. She is. In fact, you put her name into YouTube, M-A-Y, Peaky, P-E-K-E-E. You will see some of her music, and it is beautiful. And her husband, who does all the backings, is grossly over-talented as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a fantastic musician. He so is. This is, he is. This is May and Sam. Sam, the musicals, May singing. I think you're going to like this song, I Love Being With Jesus.
song hunty beautiful song i love being in love with jesus yeah sorry i'm having trouble with my voice <laughs> i think you're doing great coughing uh, you know the one thing that stuck with me with covid it's a, the cough the cough yeah me too someone told me it's going to take me it's a <coughs> there you go there you go it's a cough cough someone yes. told me it's going to take five to six maybe eight weeks to get rid of the cough wow i hope not because i need my voice and this cough coughing I'm laughing because I'm coughing and Hunty just had a big yawn. Sometimes I wish we could put this Semi yawn, semi cough. I've got my own mute button, so. Ah. so hey, um, on the 26th of June. Oh, that's a big day. It's a very Aussie important day. It's the Aussie Pastor Homecoming Day. It's the Aussie Pastor Celebration Day. Yeah, it yes. is. We're, we're going to have yep. a, a day of music. Yep. And stories. Yes. And the powerful moving of the Holy Spirit and God in our ministry, the Aussie pastor. You know, the Aussie pastor is actually not Lloyd Grolleman. No, it's, it's, an it's our ministry. ministry. That's right. That's right. We call it the Aussie pastor. Um, but it's not just me. In fact, in our ministry, Hunter, how many people do you reckon work in Oh, dozens. There's dozens. There'd be 20, 20 There's our associates over at Adventist Media. There's our church colleagues. Yeah. There's all those that get involved with the production. So the team, it, I, I want to put an invitation out there. Yes. Um, if you'd like to come, 
live yes. to the Aussie Pastor Homecoming Day. Yep, well, we'd love to have you. 26th of June, 10 o'clock. Yep. Stay for the morning. Yep. And then we will have a beautiful vegetarian meal. Yes. Stay for that. It's going yes. to be a tremendous day and you'll be blessed. You can meet us. You can meet Hunty. He really is the superstar. Can I, can I play some bloopers? No. No. No, no bloopers. No bloopers? No. I've, no. To- I've told Hunty, no comedy at all on this day. <laughs> Nothing funny at all. Actually, we're living in serious times. We are. And as a ministry, we're trying to take the story of Jesus to a world that we believe is dying. Yep. And it's really, really important that people hear about the power of Jesus, the Jesus who changed Sissy's life. Mm. You know, a mm. Chinese girl who... Will we have testimonies? Yeah. We're going to have some people telling some stories. Nice. About what Jesus has done for them. The music will be fabulous. I'll guarantee that, Hunty. Well, yeah. And music seems great yeah, at church. Wonderful, really beautiful good. music. And good food to finish off. So what address are we at, Hunty? We are at 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill, which is behind the Aldi. Easy to find in the Life Anglican Church Centre. Saturday? Saturday is 10 o'clock. 26th of June? Yep. 10 a.m. Actually, if you come this Saturday, we'll be there too. Yeah, we're there every Saturday. Yeah, well, no, we're not exactly there every Saturday. Have we ever missed one? Yeah, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Since we started? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) Hey, Lil just texted me. Uh, She says, do it, I want bloopers. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right, Lil, that won't be happening, girl. (laughs) So 26, but, but of course, if you're in northwest Sydney, you come... This Sabbath, that's right. Saturday as well. Yes, uh, ten a.m. We start. Hunty, what time do we? To, what, what we start at ten? Well, we start with Bible study at ten, and then at eleven ten and eleven fifteen, we get into what's like a regular church service. Worship service. Yeah, worship service. Yeah, Praise yeah. music. So again, the address for Samuel Place Quakers Hill behind the Aldi so in next, the Life Anglican Church Centre. Next two Saturdays, Aussie Pastor will be there. Yep, Hunty will be there. Love New to Hope see you. Church will be there. We're a warm church, eh? We are. Yeah, love to see you. We would. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. I caught you by surprise then, didn't I? Well, I was going to play. I was going straight to the song. Ah, were you? It was. Well, you've got a sting there, though. I do. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm following your plan. It's my run sheet. It is your run sheet. Look, don't confuse the situation with the facts. Thanks. <laughs> Colleagues were family. If it matters to you, it matters to God.
song hunty indeed um and that's what we're going to talk about now is an intimate walk with jesus we're going to start a little series hunty yep on how to walk with jesus how to have this intimate walk with jesus that sissy was talking about now to start off with if you were listening to sissy carefully Mm -hmm. she talked about the importance of the bible because it's in the bible that god speaks to her correct i actually recognize a lot of aussies don't know much about the bible true I know that because I'm talking to them on yep. social media. Yep. And sometimes us Australians are good at pontificating about stuff that we don't <laughs> know much about. <laughs> and I see a lot of Aussies making these great claims about God and about Jesus and how, who he is and what he is and how he works and how he thinks mm. and what he wants and what he doesn't want. Mm. But they don't really know. And how do I know? Because what they're saying is inconsistent with Scripture. Yep. And so the Bible, if you're going to walk with Jesus, is really, really important. But if you don't know what the Bible is, why would you take any notice of it? True. And I'll bet you if I were to go out into the street, we should do this sometimes. We should. Take a microphone. Yeah, and ask them some questions, just some normal Aussies about the Bible. I should just send you out to do that. Yeah, we can do that. You, you, not we. Yeah, I can do that. You're better at doing that than me. I enjoy doing that. Do you? Yeah. What, just shoving a microphone in front of people? Yeah, I like that. It's a bit of fun. Ah. That'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? Just, it's called they're called Vox Pops. I'm it's, having a, um, I'm having a thought bubble. Vox mate. Populi. It's actually from the is it Greek, meaning voice of the people. I'm having a thought bubble. Here we go. Wouldn't it be fantastic to do that for our Aussie Pastor Homecoming Day? Yes, that's a good thought. We bubble. can even do it live. No, no, can't do it live. Well, with, how can we do with it live? the crowd that turns up? No, no, I'm talking about let's go out onto the street. Okay. and ask some people. Let's do it. You want let's to do, do it? That? Let's do it for our Aussie Pastor Homecoming. Do it tomorrow. Cool. Do it tomorrow. No, no, we're not doing it tomorrow. Okay. We've got other things to do tomorrow. Okay. 
I'm a now person. You should know that. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Let's look at the Bible. Okay. I want to tell you some things about the Bible you may or may not know. Um, Bible makes a pretty big claim about itself, auntie. It does. A very big claim. Love it. Second Timothy. Timothy, yep. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Let's hear what the Bible, and this is huge, this claim. It is. Very few other books that I know of, sacred or otherwise, will make this claim. Mm. It is huge. Here we go. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So the thing I want you to get out of that is the first line. All scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. What's Useful that mean? To teach. What does it mean, inspired by God? Well, um, scripture, the Bible. So that so the Bible is inspired by God. Inspired means um, Hunties, what, written, Hunties, dictated. Hunties on the run here. I'm, I'm running. Was the Bible dictated word for word? No. So what's inspired? Some of it was, though. The commandments were word for word. Well, God wrote the commandments, so yeah, that's word for word. That came from his hand. So you got that right. So, 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 well, let, let, we'll get into that in a moment. What's yep. it mean, though, when it says it's inspired? Do you, do you want to answer that or do you want me to? I think you should. <laughs> well, for me, inspired means God spoke to the writers and said, here, this is the message, sort it. So did, well, it gets back to how, how did they write it? Well, let's look at this next one. How did they write it? Second mm. Peter one nineteen to twenty one, because that might give us a, a bit of an idea of what it means when it says when the Bible makes this claim it was inspired. Okay, so Second Peter one nineteen to twenty one in the New King James Version says, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. What's a prophetic word? Well, the words often referred to in the Bible as the Bible. Yeah, the word of God. It's, it's the Bible. What God said the is the word. The prophetic word, book of prophecy, it's the Bible. The Bible. So it's saying we have the Bible confirmed. Okay. Which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. So you're going to read the Bible. It's like a light that shines in, in a, a dark, dark place. place. Yep. Have you ever been into a cave? I have. I, rem- I don't like it. Oh, don't you? I'm a bit claustrophobic. Oh, well, I remember going canoeing into a cave, but it was a big cave. Yep. But when we canoed in there, it was black. Mm-hmm. And then one guy, the leader of the canoe trip, oh, it was such a great trip. This is when I'm in year eight. Lights one match. And it lit the whole place up. Nice. The Bible the Bible is like that. It, it'll light your life up like a match in a cave. What about, start at the beginning again. And the, we have what? Yep. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Which you do well to heed as the light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. What's that saying? Uh, which you do well to heed, which means you should pay attention to the instruction that's in the Bible. Yeah, and then what? Who, what's the day dawning and the morning star rising in your heart? Yeah, I don't know. Morning star's Jesus. Yep. So if you read the Bible, the day will dawn, you'll move from darkness into light, uh, and yep. Jesus will rise up in your heart. Yep. That's what Sissy was talking about. True. Jesus, you spend time, you can't spend time, hear me, you can't spend time in the Bible without Jesus rising up in your heart. It just happens. Mm, happens. It's a miracle. I don't know how it happens, but it happens. Go on, Hunty. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Mm -hmm. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God 
spoke as they were ah, moved by the Holy Spirit. So that's how the Bible was written. So that's The Holy it. Spirit comes mm. down upon a man, mm-hmm. and it was written by men, actually. Yep. Not women. Can't answer why that is, but it is how it is. The Holy Spirit would come down upon a man. He would possess him. So he'd be possessed by God. Do you get that, hunting? Yep. And then he would write out. He would get a vision or God would talk to him. Yep. And then he would write out in his words what he saw, but the Holy Spirit was there yep. on him, possessing yep. him yep. to make sure that what he wrote was what God wanted. Yep. That's how the Bible was written, mm. by inspired men of God. Yep. Inspiration. Yeah. What about this one? Is the Bible true? Of course. It is. How do you know? Well, So for- I'm, a, I'm an Aussie. I know nothing about the Bible. Okay. And I, and I, and I come to you and I say, Hunty, is the Bible true? Well, I say yes, and I, I'd like to back it up with prophecy. My favourite prophecy is King Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which you can find in the book of Daniel. I should get you to explain that to us. It's a great prophecy. It was written many hundreds of years, and and history itself has proven that the prophecy in the Bible is 100% correct. I love listening to Hunty when he starts talking about... So what the Bible prophecy predicted was what would happen in the earth. Who would rule over who? The Romans, the Greeks. It started, actually, you're, you're dead right and you're on the money. If, if I was your teacher, I'd give you... Five? Six and a half Six out of ten. Six and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be happy with five. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because that's the past. Did you pass Bible at school? Of course. Okay. Um... Just. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cough some more. You're coughing. Um, the prophecy hunt he's talking about is found in Daniel chapter 2. And Daniel has a dream. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, has a dream. No one can explain it. So the bottom line is Daniel, young prophet, has a dream and sees what Nebuchadnezzar saw. You know what he sees? There's a great image. And you're right. It's a, it's a timeline of all the great superpowers in the world right down to our day and yep. beyond yep. to the second coming. And the amazing thing, it was written two and a half thousand years ago. Yep. It predicted Babylon. Yep. It predicted Medo-Persia. Persia. It predicted Rome. Greece. Greece, yep. It predicted Rome. Rome. Then it predicted the divided Europe. Yep. And it says, and the prophecy says, after Babylon, after Medo-Persia, after Greece, after Rome, after divided Europe, after divided Europe, the time we live in, the Bible says, then someone will come and set up another kingdom. And that is... And that's how I tell God. people that the Bible's real. I say, just check this prophecy out. It's 100% correct. It's two and a half thousand years old. Who could have known that the Romans were going to overtake God. the Greeks other than God? God. Yeah. That's who knew. Exactly. God. So, look, next week what we're going to do. Yep. God willing. I say yes. always God willing. God willing. And we want to make sure we've got time for this. I want to take you and show you some of the prophecies. I love prophecies. That prove yep. that the Bible is true. Yep. And it'll blow you away. Love it. But all today I wanted you to get and to understand is the Bible claims that it is inspired. Which it is. Thank you, Auntie. Yep. It says it was written by men who were inspired but they wrote it in their words. That's why you've got different styles of writers in the Bible. Do you know how many men, women, men nope. wrote the Bible? Do you know how many books there are in the Bible? Uh, 66. 66 books, about 39 men wrote it. Yep. So it is inspired, written by men who are inspired, and you know it's true because of so many prophecies that we're going to start to look at next week. 
Good stuff, eh, Hunty? Good stuff indeed. Love, love the Bible. This last song is the story of what happens if you get into the Bible. Love it. Jesus will become your saviour. He'll become your God, and he will. This is why I love the Bible, man. He will take care of you. Dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath His wings of love abide, God will take care of you. College out of Canada, and they're singing, God will take care of you. And he mm-hmm. will, Hunty. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of the things I love about Jesus is the moment you give him your heart, and it's as simple as saying, here I am, Lord Jesus, 
I'm a sinner and I need you to be my saviour. Yep. Something like that. Yep. No exact words. You just pray a prayer like that. moment you pray that, God become your God. Jesus will become your saviour. And he will take care of you. Love it. Doesn't mean bad things won't happen. Mm. Doesn't mean you won't go through some pretty dark times. Yep. But God will be there. He'll be walking with you in the darkness. He walks with you in the valley. He walks with you on the mountain. Mm, thank you, God Lord. God will be there. Just invite him into your heart. Ask him to be your Lord. He will be there. How do I know, hunty? Because mm. for 30, well, 26, 26, 30-something years, he's been there for me. Yeah, for me it's closer to 40, 40-something. 40 yeah, you might have been with the Lord longer than me, I think. I think I was 27 when I first gave my heart to Jesus. I was 14, 15. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's been a good program. It has. Thank you for staying with us. I want to just pray before we finish, Hunty. Mm, that'd be nice. Dear Father in heaven, we come before you. Thank you for Sissy's testimony today, for the beautiful music, and Lord, for the great Bible study. I just pray that you'll be with our listeners now. Walk with them, take care of them in the darkness, in the difficulties, and the hardships of this life. And may they have the experience, I pray, of the joy of you in their hearts and the assurance and the hope that that gives. And the peace, Lord, is my prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Hunty. Yes. Thanks for being here today, mate. mate it's been a privilege. Thank you, listeners, for joining with us. My name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm Aussie um, Pastor. We love you. Who, who are you? My name's Hunty and we love you. We do love you. We but love Jesus, you. God, he loves you so much more. See you next See time. See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 